Welcome to Row 2 Play Podcast. I am your game master, Kent Blue. We are an actual play podcast where I play tabletop role-playing games with my friends from all over the world. So if you're ready, grab a player sheet, grab some dice, and let's Row 2 Play. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Roll to Play Podcast. I'm your game master, Kent Blue. This week, I'm very excited to bring to you part one of Swords Without Master by Epidiah Ravishaw. It is a beautiful game. It is so thematic, so just cinematic. Uh, it's just, it's everything in a role-playing game. Uh, you can find it in issue three of Worlds Without Master. That'll be linked in the show notes. That's where that game is in full in Worlds Without Master. Issue number three. Now, if you subscribe, you have already noticed that there is another episode dropping with this. Uh, Epidiah was so kind as to go through pretty much the entire rules of the game on how to play it. So I popped that part out and put it as its own uh, separate episode. So you got kind of a whole rules explanation. A little bit of it is in this episode, the game episode. Uh, just stuff that's important to getting the game running. So, But the rest of it is in its own little companion episode. Just... Epidiah laying out the rules for Swords Without Master. It's really cool. Uh, I, I suggest you take a listen to it, but if you don't want to, you have this episode. Gameplay starts up pretty quickly in this one after a little bit of introduction and everything, but this game's amazing. Definitely check it out. I was so honored to have Epi come on and run this game. It was just, it was perfect with Tim and Andrew as players. They were terrific players and we had a great time. So, one week. One week from when this comes out, I will be at Gen Con. I hope you'll be there too. If you are, reach out to me on Twitter, DM me, whatever, at RotoBlayPod, and just say, hey, I'd like to meet up, and we will get together uh, and, you know, talk, chat, have a drink, play a game, do something. I'd just love to meet you. I'm very approachable, uh, so if if you're there and you want to meet me, say hi. We'll do it. We'll meet up. I'll be there for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Another thing about Gen Con, uh, thanks to Doug Shoot of Victory Condition Gaming, I am going to be attending the Innies with the Magpie Games team. Doug, they, they did these Dream Date auctions for with a bunch of different publishers, and Doug, unbeknownst to me, bid on and won the Magpie Games one and gifted me the ticket to go to the Innies and sit at Magpie's table. Uh, thank you, Doug, so much. <laughs> I mean, that's that's amazing. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. I love Magpie games. They're so great. Uh, thank you so much, Doug. Speaking of Magpie and Doug, head on over to Victory Condition Gaming Channel because Doug and I spoke with Brendan Conway of Magpie Games about the game Zombie World, which is a very interesting zombie role-playing game in a box. It's card-driven. It's all in a small box. Uh, so you can get going and get running the game. Head on over to Victory Condition Gaming YouTube channel and watch that 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 about 45-minute chat we had with Brendan. Uh, it, it was so fun. Uh, Zombie World is such a cool game. It's going to have great production values, which you should expect from Magpie Games. You all know I'm always looking for new and interesting people to play role-playing games with because I talk about it at the end of every episode. I talk about it all the time on Facebook and Twitter, everywhere. 
uh, I'm really, really looking for all kinds of new people to interact with and, and become friends with and play games with. Uh, I'm really looking to play with a lot of people who aren't white, cisgender, straight dudes. Uh, really, I mean, I'm looking for people of color, people from the LGBTQ community, uh, non-binary folks, just anybody who feels like they're, they haven't had a voice in this space. I want to help give you, I want well, I want to give you a place that you can use your voice and get it out there. So please hit me up, DM me, get with me on Facebook, anywhere. Just hit me up and we will work out how to get you on the show. But with all that out of the way, I think it's time we get into Swords Without Master by Epidiah Ravishall. Alright, this week we are playing Swords Without Masters. It is a game by Epidiah Ravishall. Just really thematic like visual game that, that i've been really excited to play i know that my players have also been really excited to play it and we actually have epidia or uh epi as we'll probably call him going forward yeah. on to run it for us so. hi i'm uh epi i just waved which you can't see that's <laughs> uh yeah i created this game about four years ago and uh it's it's gained some traction and heat these days so i'm pretty excited about that and Having a lot of fun uh, playing it with folks. I'm looking forward to tonight's. I've, I've I have seen some uh, eidolons for these rogues, and I'm excited to see uh, what adventures they get up to. Yeah, me too. I'm really interested in everybody's characters that they kind of been talking about. But one thing I do want to hit first, Epi, is where can you find Swords Without Master? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Swords Without Master is in Worlds Without Master, Issue 3. If you go to worldswithoutmaster.com and you look for the third issue of that magazine, you'll find it. That is Worlds, plural, master, singular. Whew. There, there you go. go. Thank you. Yep. That is where you can find it. <laughs> or on Twitter, just look for people to tell you where you can find it, too. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> All right. But, um, but yeah, uh, Epi's going to run the game. He's going to be the overplayer for us. So that means I'm going to be a player, a rogue. Uh, and joining mm-hmm. me tonight, we have uh, – I'm going to get to Tim last because he's on here all the time. But we have Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, welcome Hi. Welcome to Row to Play. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, my name is Andrew. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. Um, and I, uh, I design game hacks and do cool stuff on the internet on Twitter sometimes. Uh, and I'm looking to start a show up on my own here soon. So, uh, you can find information about that on my Twitter at J A Y H underscore, uh, official. And, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to play this game. I've been saving myself for, (laughs) for playing the game with Epi and I'm super, super excited to get into it. Well, I'm so glad, so glad you could be here with us uh, this evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super excited. It should be a great time. Yeah. All right, Tim. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Tim Devine. Uh, I've been on the show a couple of times. Uh, love love role to play. Uh, and uh, my wife and I, so we we uh, combined uh, our dice up games and we hack, uh, design, and play games. And uh, you can find us at diceupgames.com or Twitter at diceupgames. And uh, we have a, a game coming out, our, our very first large non-hack game that is a, a North Sea Epilogues, which is a Viking-themed role-playing game that's going to be hitting Kickstarter later this year. We're very excited about that. So, uh, but more 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 excited at the moment about playing this game. Uh, as Andrew said, I've just been I've been dying to play it, read it a billion times, but I just didn't want. I didn't. I wanted the right experience, and there's no better experience than being hmm. on my favorite podcast with the person who wrote it. <laughs> so 
So this is just such a such a cool experience. Yeah, it's exciting. Very exciting. So, uh, Epi, I guess this is the part where I give you the reins to this show, and you do with it what you please. <laughs> well, you thought you were going to play a game, but actually, I have a manifesto I'd like to discuss with you. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm in charge. Uh, yeah, so we're going to play uh, Swords Without Master. Swords Without Master is a sword and sorcery game. Uh it's a game in which uh, I have made very explicit that we have an objective as players. Uh, and in, in a moment, if I can look at my... Yeah, here we go. Uh, that objective is, uh, together, we will toil to craft an enthralling short story of sword and sorcery. Uh, that is uh, kind of... Just want to put that out there, make sure that we know that like what we're doing as players is that we're trying to make this story work. I will be the over player. Uh, my job is going to be that very akin to the uh, traditional game master job. I will be kind of in charge of the world and whatnot. But very specifically in Swords Without Master, the over player rolls for the overtone at the beginning of each phase and uh, sets what kind of phase we're going to do. And is just kind of there to make sure that the story stays on its rails and is moving forward. Um, on its rails and moving forward. All right. Sounds like I'm putting you on a, a railroad here. Uh, and I am at the beginning of each phase. I'm very specifically going to do that. But we'll get into what the phases are and, and that in a moment. Because you three will be playing uh, rogue players. And rogue players are... Uh, Players who have rogues. Uh, rogues are these sword and sorcery style heroes. They're rogues in the sense that uh, they have uh, no master. Uh, they're, they're nobody in charge of their life but themselves. Uh, and they themselves are in charge of nobody's life. Uh, that's not entirely true. Like you can, in fact, play a rogue who has like a a companion or something like that. But generally speaking, you're free from the tethers of this uh, sort of this world where there's usually a hierarchy, where there's uh, those who serve and those who are in charge. Uh, and because you are freed from these tethers, your rogues are dangerous. They're exciting. Uh, they can be sexy. They can be very useful. Uh, so you wander around, and sometimes you get into trouble, and sometimes you help people out, and sometimes you don't. You're also heroes. You're heroes in the classical sense, in that you can do great things, not necessarily that you're good people. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what kind of rogues uh, you've come up with. Should we take a moment here and talk about the rogues that you've come up with? Yeah, that'll be fine. Um, anybody want to volunteer to go first? Uh, I can go first. Okay. Nobody else would like to. Go for it. Um, so uh, I will be playing uh, Cariel. Um, she is a, uh, a sorceress um, of great power. Um, she wields uh, these magical bells uh, and a bandolier across her chest, and she uses them to evoke um, like powerful emotion and uh, or to mute emotion, uh, ultimately, depending on uh, what's going on in the situation. Um, she also carries a, a silvered, unornamented sword uh, called Deafener. Um, 
and uh and yeah and she's she's her um image comes from uh the cover of a book by garth nix um and so she's inspired a lot by ad porson and the old kingdom um which was this really interesting uh thing i read when i was a lot younger and i really really liked the image of like a sorceress who uses music and bells to uh influence emotion um so that's sort of where where i've taken her um she's got like leather armor and like long dark hair um and i i picture her as this sort of like imposing figure um with these like giant bells hanging off of her chest nice all right i'll go next um my rogue's name is river a very very aquatic theme uh, <laughs> they they wear kind of a blood red cloth mask that is slit so you only see their eyes uh they have dark blue robes that are flowing all you know, kind of flow down their body, down and over their arms, and they they have leather gauntlets that wrap their wrists and their their feet and ankles, uh, and across their back they carry a big war hammer uh, that they call <laughs> the flood because uh, it it yeah <laughs> they call it the flood because it 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 can move swiftly and bring great destruction like a flood can it nice that leaves you yeah. Tim <laughs> all right. So uh, it's it's funny, Andrew, that you chose a, a, something to do with music because I, I also I also went that route. Um, so I'll be, I'll be playing. My rogue will be uh, Lee Seven Strings. Uh, he was a master composer uh, to the Empress until he discovered the Forbidden Symphony of the Gods, and for gazing upon them, uh, the gods took his sight. Uh, though he did gain the power to wield the hypnotic magic of their music. Uh, so the blind exile now wanders the lands with his seven-string Guccian, uh, and uh, its name is San, and uh, he travels with his new companions. Uh, yeah, and so nice. I, my my mm, cool. my symbol that I got I found so I I, I, do, I do this all the time I do Google searches for royalty-free images just for placeholders for when I'm designing games. Yeah, and so in in there I have this like just bookmarked all these cool things of characters I'd want to play someday. And this was definitely one of them, but I never was able to find like exactly the credits. So I don't want to post this anywhere and like, <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's basically a, um, uh, just a, a very, you know, uh, it's a, per- it's a, it's a person with these flowing kind of, um, robes, d- definitely very like, in, you know, Chinese in theme, uh, like the, uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a movie that would be very similar, like Red Cliff or something like that, right. very ceremonial. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen Red Cliff, you know that musical scene where they're kind of like the battle, the battle of the Guccians, and that's the the instrument that he plays. And he has these spiraling, vibrating, uh, uh, sort of magical pulses that come out. And he really most of his most of what he does with his with his music is based on vibration. And the image is animated, which is awesome. Well, I did that. I played. I played <laughs> oh, yeah. with it to turn nice. it into a little gift. So I, <laughs> I had <super> those. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Excellent. All right. So, uh, yeah. So the what we've been talking about with this Eidolon uh, simulacrum thing. This is one of the parts to making a rogue is that you have to choose something of our world, something that exists that we can interact with, whether it's listening to or seeing or tasting or whatever as players uh, that reminds you of your rogue. So it doesn't have to be an actual depiction of your rogue. And I uh, uh, Kent, yours is, is like a picture of a river, right? Like that was the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I love that. Like, uh, and sometimes like I've used Eidolons that are just simply 
maybe maybe pushing the rules a little bit here, but are memories of a place that I've been, right? Like I'm like, well, this place exists, or at least it did exist 10 years ago when I visited it. So uh, we may not all be able to go there now, but that's that's a thing that is my... Uh, but anyways, so you need to start off with this Eidolon so that we can kind of connect to this to this rogue uh and then the next thing that the rogues need are uh what are called uh oh the next thing they need is everything that that has been named and i feel like you guys went through that stuff as well so what this is is your rogue's name and then anything that's important to your rogue that you want to give a name to is going to go what normally would go on uh part of your character sheet that everybody uh can see because you're going to have a special sort of control over this sort of stuff. This is the, uh, you write down things like the name of the Warhammer, which is Flood, which is awesome. Uh, or the name of the, I don't know the name of the instrument. I know the instrument's proper name, right? It's San, is that correct? Yes, yes, correct. Yeah, and what was the type of instrument? It's uh, a, well, So it's pronounced a bunch of different ways, but oh. Guqin is the way that I've, I've heard it. So G-U-Q-I-N. yeah. So that sort of stuff, you write that down. Uh, that is a signal to me as the overplayer that this stuff is meaningful to you. So if I want to turn up the heat or somehow make the story more meaningful to you and your rogue, I can focus on that kind of stuff. But it also means that we can't uh, destroy or permanently alter this stuff without your permission, right? So I can't start the game off by having somebody breaking san over their knees right like that's not a <laughs> unless you're like yeah that totally happens let's see where this goes uh and if you are like that then then uh we have something interesting to do after that right like that's that's yeah. why th that rule exists i don't so, think lee is that metal yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so that that's the uh uh all that deserves a name as we play the game we're going to be rolling two six-sided dice uh one die will be our glum die and one die will be our jovial die. The reason for these is that the, when you roll these dice, the highest one is going to tell you what your tone is in the story. As the overplayer, I roll at the beginning of the uh, each phase to tell us what the tone, the overtone of the phase is. That's my tone and the tone of everything I'm describing and the tone of all the people around you and the world itself. Uh, you may have a different tone because you get to roll the dice when you go to do things. Sometimes you have the same tone. Sometimes you have a different tone. We broadly interpret these tones. Uh, glum doesn't mean you're always... like. It's not a game of being either happy or sad all the time. Uh, we interpret glum to be any sort of uh, tone that is more reserved, quiet, cooler colors, maybe darker, uh, maybe more determined. Uh, well... Actually, well, yeah, it could be more determined. Uh, one of the ways I like to say is that if you're angry and you roll glum, you give somebody like an icy stare. On the other hand, jovial is more passionate, more outgoing, more loud, brighter, warm. Uh, and if you're angry and you roll jovial, you're not happy per se. You are maybe raging. You're yelling or, you know, frothing at the mouth, depending on, on how, how you uh, in interpret your character doing that. So we're very... Uh, we play really loose with these tones. These are very broad tones that we want to use here. So, anyways, the feats heroic. We were talking about how rogues are made up. The feats heroic are uh, a way to ensure 
that uh, these are sword and sorcery heroes that cannot be one-dimensional, and they they don't have to be three-dimensional, but they <laughs> they need to be two-dimensional at least, right? So we need to think of them either as in the glum tone and in a jovial tone. So you come up with some way your rogue reacts to things uh, in a glum way, and some way your rogue may react to things in a jovial way. And these are not ways that you're always reacting to it. They're, in fact, ways that you will re- react to once and you will gain uh, the ability to ignore a die roll in the game. So you'll be like, uh, you'll roll the dice, you'll look at it and you're like, I don't like those. I'm going to go with my feet heroic. If Let's take a moment. Do you guys have your feats heroic uh, already made, uh, written down? or I do. I do as well. Okay. Do you want, do you want to go through and just kind of share them? Uh, I find that it's helpful if everyone at the table knows what they are so we have a, like a little idea of what your character looks like when the chips are down and they need to use one yeah i'll go ahead and start um my glum heats heroic or heats heroic good god <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs> <laughs> my glum, <I> like it. <laughs> uh for my glum feats feats heroic i wrote down uh I just kind of the waters flow smooth and calm, but underneath there's a swift undercurrent that pulls down and holds till death. Nice. And then for jovial, I told y'all I was very aquatic themed here. Uh, <laughs> the rapids turn violently, slamming and tossing against the sharp rocks. Nice. That's super cool. I like that a lot. Yep. Yep. I like that. Um, so I'll go ahead and go next. Um, so for Glum, I have um, a single peal of the deepest bell. Um, things become muted and indistinct. Mm. And then for Jovial, I have um, a cacophony of bells, a major chord. Um, enemies are sucked into reverie. Nice. That was very cool. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. I like that a lot. <laughs> Uh, so it's my turn. Yeah. So Lee is uh, uh, is because he's sort of a, a, a vagrant now. Like he's 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 out there. He's a rogue. He's not he's not composing for a court or, or the, you know these big people. He's become very introspective and quiet. And so he and without sight, he's he just basically is he observes through sound and listens. So I had a really hard time splitting my jovial and glum. Ah. So so I wrote I wrote just a short a short poem. And then I'll split how I'll split how he how he would react in the same situation, glum and jovial, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So basically, the okay, the vibrations of the world are mine to sway the rhythm of the mind, to summon the wind, to sing through the reeds, to bend the earth and command the seas, all by plucking the strings of time. And so, with that, when he's say sitting in a situation where people around him are being there's like a battle or something going on if it's more jovial he's he's trying to find the soundtrack in that moment mm-hmm. and he's trying to play it so that the underdog has a chance Neat. giving them giving them the the rhythm they need and if it's glum and he feels as though people or you know someone more bullying might be uh, taking advantage, he will increase sort of the the momentum of and the vibration of the music, and uh, from him from his Guccian and uh, uh, just 
sonic waves will will destroy things in front of him, but his face will remain completely calm. Nice, excellent. Mm-hmm. My goodness, Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't expecting poetry. That's awesome. You, you it inspired it. <laughs> I, I had to sit and think for a long time about how he would react to glum and jovial. Nice. I, I totally can't tell you have been thinking about this game for years. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we've got. Now, are we? We're good. Are we feeling good? Are we ready to give this a go? Yeah, I think I am. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, then I will start this off by rolling for the first overtone. All right. I am jovial. That is great. Okay, so we're going to start off. We have Lee, we have River, and we have... Is it Carol? Uh, Cariel. Cariel, okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, all right, so it is a warm summer day. You're, uh, you've come upon a town. Uh, so I'm going to assume... The, the three of you have been uh, adventuring somewhat together. We're not going to do like the intro uh, where you meet each other, uh, although we may do that in flashbacks. But right now, if that's all right by everyone, we'll just assume that you, these three uh, adventurers have been traveling together for a while. And it's a warm summer day. You've come across this uh, river town, and uh, uh, it's a small river town, but it's just overrun with people uh, from all over, and they are uh, dressed in um, like motley colors, like gaudy, bright colors, and uh, uh, they seem to be having uh, a festival of sorts. And the uh, you, the three of you have been traveling some distance, and you've gone through towns that have just been uh, almost empty of people uh, on your way here. And so this is some indication of where these people from these towns uh, have, have been coming to. Uh, and it's, uh, Oh, I'm going to give you a thunder here. Uh, I think you have not had time to stop or rest because you are being hunted by a animal that, Normally, you only have, like, hear evidence of it at night. Uh, but lately, during the day, uh, you can hear it uh, howling in the distance. And it's not, like, it's howling, but it's not wolf-like howling. It's something a little a little less natural than that. Uh, so, if we were playing at the table, I would pick up the dice to indicate that that's a thunder, that's a distant threat we don't have to deal with right now. We are in a rogues phase. So... What's happening in this town as you come upon it is that you see what looks to be a festival and in all of your hearts you think this is wonderful. Uh, a festival means we can eat and it means that we can uh, maybe drink and maybe we can enjoy some respite uh, amongst uh, human uh, company. But as you get closer, you realize what's happening is that this is a uh, giant communal funeral this is this is a a time during the year when everyone who doesn't have time to uh 
to mourn their dead uh, during the year when they have to work. This is when they, they get to come out and publicly do so. Uh, so as you get closer, the the distant sounds that you hear aren't of joy or song or merriment, but are, are of wailing and crying and people putting on these massive displays of uh, uh, harrowing emotion. And now I am going to hand the dice to one of you. And I think... I am going to hand the dice. I'm trying to decide who is the most forthcoming of the three of you. Uh, and whether... Okay, I'll just hand the dice to Lee of the seven strings. Show us uh, how... Show us how you come to offer your services to this town. Okay. So it's a rogue phase. You roll first. Right. The, the one question I had... Uh, mm-hmm. My trait, my my uh, the 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 trick. Sorry, not the. Trick. Oh yes. Well, my my trick is uh, unparalleled. So oh. I replace glamour jovial. Yes. And I was I was wondering if that applies to the overtone. Uh, it, it does not, unless you roll a tie. Gotcha. Right. Okay. So if so, it it applies to your tone. What's your unparalleled tone? I decided to replace Jovial with Crescendo. Oh, nice. All right. I, I, I'm very, very calm and, and kind of, I, I enjoy glum. I enjoy the yeah. gloomy nature, the, you know, the, the emo side, you know. But but if it does go to Jovial, I, I tend to go loud. Right. That's so, it. yeah. So what Unparalleled does is it means that uh, I'm just, stating this for, for the audience at large here, it means that Lee here it does not have the two tones that everyone else has, but has glum and crescendo. Uh, whenever you would roll, normally roll a jovial. Uh, now, in this case, we're following abiding by the alphabetical rule. So your first die will be crescendo and your second die will be glum, right? Oh, gotcha. I'll switch that around here. Uh, and... Uh, that's just because there are other times where we might end up changing some tones around and, and it's just easier to keep it in order that way. And if you roll what, what would normally be your jovial die or whatever, if it's higher, then you're, you're in the tone crescendo. And if you roll a tie, then the overtone flips to crescendo rather than to whatever the opposite of its tone is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do we want to just take a moment and na- name the other two tricks? Sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, uh, go 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 ahead, Andrew. Oh, okay. So I've taken uh, Undenied, uh, which gives me an extra feat heroic um, of my choice between Jovial and Glum. Um, and so I took another Jovial one, uh, which is a ringing of bells in battle, um, waking the sleeping dead. Nice. And so the thing about the undenied is that uh, when you use it, it changes the overtone as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, so when you when you do that, jovial, it, everyone, uh, nobody can deny that tone. <laughs> everyone mm-hmm. becomes jovial. All right, I've taken uh, locus, which it lets. I wrote down a setting. Um, mm-hmm. And before the scene is set by the overplayer, I can demand that it the setting is my own, the one that I've wrote down. Yeah, what, what do you have? What's your setting? 
Well, I told y'all I did very aquatic, so yeah. it's a, a top of an impossibly tall waterfall. Uh, the water at the crest is just ankle deep as a full moon hangs high behind it and, <laughs> and fires burn on both uh, both shores. Nice. Oh, that's Wonderful. really cool. <laughs> I want to go to there. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, you can make that happen. So, yeah, anytime we're between phases, you can tell me this next one's taking place there. And it really doesn't matter what's been going on in the story. I have to make sure it, go, it goes there and fits in there. So uh, feel free to mess with me that way if you feel. All right. So the demand is show us how you offer your services to this town. All right. So I start by rolling. Yes. You're so glum. Yeah. And it was show us how we offer our services. So you're already putting out that that's that's the goal because the first thing I'm I'm torn as as we're as we're approaching as a group. Uh, yeah. He is torn. He doesn't want to bring the danger that's following us to these people. Yeah. And yet, this is a funeral, and we have uh, among us people who can assist with emotion or yeah. with with some some sort of uh, you know something like that. So uh, I would say. Uh, and, and the other two, everybody can kind of chime in too when we're. Yeah, people so, people yeah. are definitely allowed to say things, but you're in charge, right? Like, so you're yeah. the the one who gets to do it. But yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So in that case, I'll uh, I'll I'll say we're we're just outside, about to head into this village, and I, uh, though I walk fine by myself uh, without needing aid because I'm blind, I can't. I, I do grab um, Cariel's arm, and I say, uh, let's see. Cariel, within this village there is suffering and sorrow. We must be quick not to bring the danger to them, but we can help them, and we should. Excellent. Mm. So, what say you, you, Cariel? Um, you were right. These people have held their feelings inside too long. It is time they express them. And I think we can help with that. River, keep an eye on the danger that's been following us. Yeah, and River nods and and kind of falls back and you know hangs hangs good distance back, uh, always always searching, always always looking off at the horizon from where the the howls are coming from. Uh, and I'd, I'd say when we enter this village, uh, unless we're unless we're checked or opposed in any way when we when we first come in as a group. Um, I would like to go towards wherever the wherever sort of the 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 harmonic center of this place is the place that that the noise is either coming from or the attention is coming from and you know the control of this area. Yeah. Uh yeah, so uh the way the game works is that uh you're allowed to come up with what that is if you want to. Uh but if you if you don't want to, uh you can for instance, make a demand of me to see what that is or what, you know, you know, you could say, show us how they welcome us. Or you'd be like, show us if they, how they stop us, that kind of thing. Uh, but like I said, you're allowed to come up with that if you want to, that is, that is in your purview. Uh, and when you feel like you've done, when you've, when you feel like you've answered the demand, you can, you can then either, you could say, okay, that's it, and then we can either decide if we want to end this phase, or you can make a demand to someone else. 
Okay, perfect. Well, I, I know what demand I want to make, and, and yeah. I'm going to make it. So what, I, what I'll say is, when we when we reach that point, um, without without uh, saying any words, I stand back a step behind Cariel, and uh, so uh, let's see, Andrew, I'm going to pass the dice to you, and I'd like you to show us how Cariel uh, assists these people with this with this this uh, hard time. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and roll. Yeah. Um. So that is gonna be jovial. Yes. Um. Okay. And so, um, I think we see Cariel standing in like the center of this uh, of this like small river village, right? And there's people everywhere, um, mourning. Um, and uh, she withdraws, like she opens two clasps on uh the front of her like bandolier and withdraws two like silvered bells. Um, and we see her sort of start um, dancing around in like a circle, uh, ringing them. Um, and we hear um, at first uh, like this loud peal. And I think people start looking. Um, and then we notice as she rings them, they get louder and louder and louder um and we hear them together and it's kind of like a power chord right it's that like oh, first yeah. and fifth open like <laughs> bang chord and we see people um the people who are mourning um they have um they have visions of memories like positive uh memories of the person they're mourning um so rather than it being like oh i'm super sad this person is gone it's like oh i remember this really nice time we had together and it's powerful right it's a it's a very powerful um emotion that they have um and so i think we see some of them like switching from their their like loud crying um and then there's like almost a almost yeah like almost a hallucinogenic vibe of them having these like vivid visions um And some of them probably fall to the ground in rapture, like seeing their loved one who's dead before them. Um, some of them maybe have different reactions, but yeah, that's that's my thought there. That's wonderful. I <clears throat> I marked that down as as a motif. Anyone, by the way, anyone can mark motifs, but I just wanted the first motif I wrote down: uh, music instilling visions in strangers. That was before you got to the hallucinatory rapture. I think that whole bit is great. So awesome! Thank but, you. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um okay so then i can i can pass it on right um i think i want to pass the dice to river and i want to say um i will demand of you river what what brings you to the center of town to find us from your watch spot yeah no this is this is the the most nitpicky of all nitpicky rules here. But you'd be like, show us what brings. Oh, you sorry, to that's set. right. Yeah, so show us show us uh, what brings you to find us. All right, so I've rolled um, and glum. I don't know why my, <laughs> my dice rolled on the table. Nice. <laughs> okay, so Rivers walking, uh, you know, kind of keeping a perimeter a little bit, always looking off in the distance for the house, um, and. They hear this music that, or you know, they hear what's going on. But over top of that, they hear this, the howls are kind of getting louder. Um, 
so they 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 begin walking towards town, kind of kind of backwards, moving slowly, so as so they can keep their ears. You know, they want to, they're trying not to make a whole lot of noise, so they can keep keep every their ears clear for the sound to see. Trying to get a direction of where these these howls are coming from uh, as they make their way to the middle of town to meet up with with you two. But they're moving very slowly, very methodically. Um, kind of got their hand back on the butt of the the warhammer, just in case it needs to needs to come out. And so, yeah, they they meet up with you two. With you two, uh, comes across uh, Lee first and puts a hand on Lee's shoulder um, and kind of kind of turns them slightly towards where the the sound of the howls are coming from. River, have you not heard? The sounds coming from Cariel. Are they not majestic? <laughs> uh, and, and River speaks very, very softly. Uh, but they are majestic. But it's the, it's the the howls that that really have my attention more. The the sounds are are are, are pleasing, but what's coming is, is certainly not. All right. So I think at this point I would pick up the dice and yeah. and um. Hand them over to. Let's see. Hand them over to to the over to the over player. All right. Uh, show us. Show us what danger uh, is catching up to us. Oh, good. Well, we're jovial. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> this is. I think this this you're having this this discussion on the edge, uh, and the crowd is. Uh, in this uh, sort of euphoric, hallucinogenic, you know, they're they're you know cleansing their soul of all of this horrible emotion from all the suffering that has built up over the year to this point. Uh, which is not to say that their entire year has been suffering, but it's just that they've not had time to actually uh, embrace this, and now they are. And uh, like everyone's face is wet with tears, and and. Uh, there is a loud, you know, you've got the, the power chord of the bells playing and you've got the, uh, you know, everyone wailing and, and, and crying and uh, all of that. And then, but over top of all of that in like, in a, like a sort of a, I don't want to say harmonic. It's the, I, oh God, I, this is, this is where my musical knowledge fails me. <laughs> like, not discordant, but just unharmonic, like uh, uh, like changing the tone of this this song. This howl comes out, and the screams that you know the wailing that you heard uh, come now from from where uh, are, are joined by screams coming from the direction that river has come, and uh, there are people running and now it's you know it, it's it's gone from being uh this cleansing uh sadness this cleansing sorrow to uh nothing but terror waving through and taking over the song itself and i am ending that phase there so i am going to roll for the new overtone uh, and as I do, I would just want to remind folks of the motif. If something was narrated there, oh, I, the thing that I didn't emphasize that I probably should is the motif is our timing mechanism. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure we uh, uh, pace our game that way. I am glum now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I am not going to take it over where we just were. This is what's happening. Okay. So it is now, wait, we're between phases. If you want to use your locus, this is the time to do it. But if you don't, if you want to hold off, that's fine by me. I just want to remind you. Okay. I think I'm good holding off for now. Okay, good. Perfect. Um, so it's now nighttime and, uh, you are moving swiftly. Uh, well, not swiftly. You're force marching with all of these people, uh, down the river. Uh, there's, this is, all of you are worse for wear from your battle with this thing that we, as the audience have yet to see, uh, there, um, maybe, I don't want to like, so this isn't the same size crowd. This is a, a smaller crowd than was, was there, but it was clear that you're moving along with survivors and you're trying to get everyone, uh, going, uh, further down the river uh, towards another town that might be more defensible than the one that you were just in. Uh, everyone is uh, quiet because they are, first of all, completely uh, emotionally exhausted from everything that's happened from, and uh, the, and now um, they've just been marching since that, you know, the, that was like the midday they ran, they fled from the town uh, as you uh, held a rear guard for them to flee and then uh, now they've been walking uh, with all of their loved ones and moving as, as swiftly as they can. Uh, so they're just kind of trudging along. And you three are uh, behind them at a distance. And all you can really hear from them is like a murmur. But you are trying to keep an eye out. I'm going to pull the dice on a very similar thunder. Oh, I want to give you... You know what? <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. So the thunder. <laughs> the thunder is, oh, you know what? Okay, this is the thunder. You have between the three of you, 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 you're also dragging along with you one of the heads of this beast. Like you've managed to sever one of its heads, and you've tied it up in, uh, like, uh, tied its jaws shut. It's like a, uh, you know, like a um, scaly thing with fur but like a cross between like a gator wolf kind of dragony thing um and you've tied up and it's it's not moving but it's clearly trying to make a noise from its throat that is no longer there uh it's trying to call out to the rest of the beast uh to let you let it know where you are that's your thunder i am doing a discovery phase so uh, all that is is I'm going to hand the dice to one of you, and you just get to make a discovery about the world. I am going to hand the dice to uh, I'm going to hand the dice to River since you're walking along a river. This seems appropriate. So you've got the dice; you just roll first. Okay, so Glum again, uh, and his and his River's walking by the river. Uh, they're dragging. I mean, not dragging. They're they're holding their warhammer in the river as they walk. Uh, this kind of ritual. Anytime they go into battle, they they find some some sort of water and just pour it over the head of their warhammer. Um, it's just the thing that they they've always done, just ritualistic. Um, so let me see. Discovery phase. 
So you get to make up something about the world uh, that you're either discovering right now that you're finding or that you remember or that you recall. Something that we learn about the world through your character's experience or sensations. And it doesn't have to do with anything that's going on right now. If you don't, it, whatever pops into your head, you go with. Okay. So, and you said the head is still, it's just the head we have, right? Yeah. You just yeah. have one of the heads. Yes. Okay. And it's still trying to make some sort of noise. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And you will, you will ask me a leading question about this, uh, or a loaded question about this, uh, after you've made the discovery. Okay, so River has remembers hearing hearing this the sound that's coming from the severed the severed head. They remember uh, having encountered these beasts when they were really. It just kind of brings this memory up in their mind of the, this beast that they have encountered or or at least heard when they were, when they were younger uh, with with them and them and their brother out hunting when they were younger in their. You know, in their early teenage years, uh, their brother Storm were out, and they heard these these howls before, and they actually encountered one of these beasts. Um, and, and they actually fought fought the beast, and, and they, you know, so this this howling, this head that's still functioning and still making noise is not new to them. But mm-hmm. um, how how let's see how did how did River and and their brother Storm figure out how to silence this beast. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, it's an excellent reversal of how role-playing games work. Um, <laughs> this is good. Uh, oh, oh, you, you, uh, yeah, you encountered this problem. Like you, it, the, the, it's, it's howling that, that, uh, you know, drove you senseless and, and, um, the, the two of you tried to, to silence it, uh, by cutting its heads off and that didn't work. And it wasn't until you stuffed its head with the sweet grass of your homelands that you were able to, uh, finally get it to silence. Is that good? Does that does that feel like a, an answer for you? Yeah, that feels good. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. I am not ending the phase yet, so you can hand the dice to any one of the other rogue players. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna act, I'm gonna hand it to I'm gonna hand the dice to Tim. So you roll right away. And you are wait, wait you're cascade it's my, right? it's or crescendo crescendo yeah. that's it sorry wrong wrong word. <laughs> Okay, so this is all discovery. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So you get to make uh, a loud or growing discovery, uh, however you want to interpret that. Well, the so the the head, the head is traveling with us, correct? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> trying to trying to. <sighs> okay, so I think Lee is concerned. Uh, not not with the sound or with the danger that's coming. I think the concern is is why they are pursuing them mm-hmm. when there could be any number of of things that they could eat in other places. <laughs> yes, and I know that 
I've sort of uh, brought the 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 anger and wrath of the gods upon myself, <laughs> and I'm wondering if perhaps this is this is uh, uh, something something of that nature, something that something that somebody has or some deity has sent for us specifically. So, I guess what I would do then is ask. Uh, I don't know how to say this. So, so what you want? You want to like first have like like your. So I'm I'm assuming your discovery here is that you have experience of angering deities in the past, right? Like that's correct. the yes. the thing you're telling us. Okay, good. I just want to like, yeah. Uh, and then uh, you can ask me a loaded question about that or how this relates to it if you want or. Yeah, I think I think that's what I'll do. I think I think that I'll uh, Lee Lee is going to uh, start uh, humming while touching the 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 head of the beast, oh, and nice. and I guess what I'd like to know is, uh, can I ask it like this? Who sent these? Yeah, that's perfectly fine. That's great. Uh, um. So you're you're humming and you're uh, you're touching the head of the beast and uh, oh right I think that like uh, if I may you're you're humming a tune that uh, or you're you're not humming a tune but humming sort of in sympathy with the noises that the beast is trying to make right like that's a, a, a you're trying to align with it and at, yeah, like harmonize almost. Yeah. And yeah, right. There's a technical term for that. Harmonize. <laughs> and, uh, in doing so, uh, you are reminded of a, a court high upon a mountaintop where, uh, you were once brought in a dream to play. Uh, and, I think I'm going to I'm going to say that both you and uh uh Cariel is that mm-hmm. yeah excellent uh both you and Cariel were were uh brought in a dream to play and um the uh it it seemed that your so- wait what is my tone my tone is glum Oh, and the both of you together played a song. Uh, I'm gonna, just, I'm just gonna completely embrace Glum and what we've been doing so far. You've played a song uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, like a, the a tale of tragedy uh, that set this uh, this sort of celestial court. Uh, it just set them uh, all into a melancholy. Right. And uh, so they cast you back. Uh, and uh, now you you can hear echoes of that song that the two of you only played in a dream uh, in in what's going on here. Is that is that good? Do you feel satisfied with that answer? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. And, and is this a shared dream? Yes. The both of you shared the dream. Yes. Uh, and because I have the dice. I can end this phase. Uh, actually, I'm the only one who can end this phase. You can. Okay. Okay. That's right. Oh, it's disco- okay. Discovery. Discovery. Yes. Uh, but I am going to end this phase. So uh, that's good. Oh, and we've got our first uh, motif filled in. 
Mm-hmm. So we have, uh, so we just want to make sure that we try and hit upon these now as we go and we're doing the second motif. All right, and that is part one of Swords Without Master. I told you, very beautiful game, very cinematic, very thematic. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed that. We got part two coming up next week. It's just, it's the same, same tone, same just awesomeness in a game. Really, if you haven't played this game, you definitely should. And if you can somehow arrange up a diet to run it for you, definitely do that. Because it is a, just a, a wonderful experience. Again, one week, Gen Con, I'll be there. Reach out to me. Let's meet up. Let's see each other. Let's say hi. Let's shake hands. I'll hug you if you want. Uh, you know, I don't mind. Whatever. Just let's get together at Gen Con. It'll be a fun time. And hey, uh, if you enjoyed this show, check out another show over on the Fan Off Network, uh, like Erie International. Erie International is a weekly horror podcast. It talks a lot about movies, but they do some literature reviews. They talk about games sometimes. They just talk about everything. If you enjoy all things horror, definitely check out Erie International over on the fanoffmedia.com site. You won't regret it. But yeah, with that, I'm closing it down. Gonna pack up my bags for Gen Con, get ready to head out. But until then, have fun, go to Gen Con, and row to play. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Visit row2playpodcast.com for more information. R-O-L-L-2playpodcast.com Like us over on Facebook at Row2PlayPodcast. Follow us on Twitter at Row2PlayPod. Have a question or comment? Email us at row2playpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to play with a game with us, just hit us up on any of our social media and let us know. And lastly, our music is the intro track from the Spellbreaker EP by Tritachion. Visit soundcloud.com slash Tritachion.